and welcome to the Bad Prentice Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am your host, Christy, and I am here with my friend and co-host, Bree. Hello! And we are here today to cap off the 2023 Halloween season by taking a look at some slightly spooky fairy tales. Spooky time. Spooky. Yeah, so we're, we're doing something a little different for this episode. Uh, we have taken a look at two episodes from the Grimm's Fairy Tales classic series. And this was yeah. an animated TV series that was made by Nippon Animation, which was dubbed for North American audiences. Yeah, I, I had no... I feel like you probably told me about these like before going in because I knew it was like two episodes <laughs> of a thing. And then I, I loaded up the, the links you sent me and I was like, oh, it's the old anime, baby. Yeah. It's that old yeah, anime. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, the series was produced in the late 80s. So yeah, it's got that real oh. nice vintage anime look. I say, vi- you know, vintage. It's not even the most vintage of anime, <laughs> but it's, yeah, <laughs> late 80s, early 90s. But for us, for us anyways, that's, that's vintage anime. That's that that aesthetic that, that, that we both have a great deal of yes. fondness for. Oh, it's so nice. It's so cute. I love it. Yeah. I really I, I really like this series. Um and it's nice that we're and hopefully if this episode is successful, we'll be able to take a look at this and some other short form princess content because yeah each each of these episodes is only about 22 minutes long because it was you know for syndicated for tv TV. yeah yeah so this is this is an experiment to see how can we do this shorter form content um and yeah there's a lot of episodes from this this uh Grimm's Fairy Tales classic series that I would love to cover, and there's also some other stuff too that I'm sure from other TV shows that has some princess content we can mine. Yes, yeah, I'm excited. I want. I saw like there's a bunch of these episodes that I wanna. I would be totally down to watch. They look yeah, they're super cute. The style is so cute. Yeah, and this. If anybody wants to get a copy of the entire series there is a very there's a recent blu-ray release of there's two different volumes and it's it's they are nice it's very nice quality and they have both the dub and the the english or no wait the sorry the original audio and the dub yes thank you yeah so um i i guess on that note though i i do not have the means to rip blu-rays so even though i own this series um yeah, I can't rip the audio from those Blu-rays, but what I might do <laughs> instead is maybe try and steal a bit of audio from the YouTube uploads because somebody has very kindly put these up on yeah. YouTube. So they might be, you know, YouTube quality in in the podcast, but they are, you know, available in, in high quality. Yeah, it and I would highly recommend checking them out. Um, especially, I guess we might as well mention we're looking at Bluebeard and the worn out dancing shoes and Bluebeard especially I fucking love this adaptation so much. Yeah. It's like well cuz so here's the thing. 
uh, Christy and I, along with our friend Steve, oft mentioned, mm-hmm. and a, a few other of our friends, played uh, a Bluebeard tabletop game for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really neat. I had actually never heard the Bluebeard story before. So when I yeah. saw that I was, we were actually going to watch like a telling of the fairy tale, I was like, oh, okay. So I kind of had an idea of what I was going in for, mm. but like, it was cool yeah. to see an adaptation of what the actual story was. Cause I had never, never heard of it before. It's, it's funny because, um, I didn't realize that you had never heard the Bluebeard story until we had already, like, we had already planned to do the RPG or the tabletop with, with our friends. And once I heard mm-hmm. that, I was like, fuck, because that would have been so, it would have been so fun for you to be blindsided by the twist in the Bluebeard story. Mind you, I don't know yeah. if it's like that much of a twist, but like, uh, yeah, but so... I was I was a little sad, but at the same time, I, like at least you you have some, you had some knowledge of the Bluebeard fairy tale going into this. Yeah, but yeah, it was it's the Bluebeard episode is fantastic. Yeah, it's really cute. Yeah, and also kind of horrifying. <laughs> yes, yeah, that one that one for sure. I I was like, okay, hey, that one for sure is going into the Halloween episode because it is by far one of the spookier uh, episodes of the Grimm's Fairy Tale Classics series. Um, there's a there's a lot of corpses in this episode. Yeah, there is. You know, it's, um, it's kind of spooky. <laughs> yeah, it's some spooky ass visuals. I love it. Um, and then the other the other episode we're taking a look at the worn out dancing shoes. Um, this one, I'll have to get into it when we discuss that episode in particular, but I have a bit of fondness for the story on which the episode was based on, um, but I mostly, I chose it for this episode because, I mean, there's, there's monsters involved. It's, it's like, it's not as spooky as Bluebeard, but it is, there is some peril and, and spooky monsters trying to get with princesses, so, yeah. Spooky. Yeah, there's there's some there's some spooky demons and stuff mm. like that. Uh, it's funny because I know the story as the twelve dancing princesses. Yeah, but um, I'm they, they definitely were like we're not animating twelve princesses. Let's <laughs> three, and I'm like that's yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. fair. <laughs> I did I did really love that part. <laughs> this is like oh shit, no, it's just three. Fuck it, that's that's good enough. But three is enough. Yeah. Honestly, they probably could have done it with even just one, so that they gave us three. He's like, all right. Yeah, you know, yeah. We tried. <laughs> uh, but, Christy, I do you want to tell us, I guess, about Bluebeard first, and then we'll okay. talk about the worn-out shoes after? Sure, yeah, let's let's get into the discussion of, of Bluebeard. So I'll go through the episode summary, and then we'll discuss... Bluebeard a bit, and then once we feel we have said all there is to say about Bluebeard, then we'll switch over to the the worn-out dancing shoes. Excellent. Take us away, Christy. Will do. Across the lake and deep in the woods lived a fair maiden and her three brothers. They were very poor. The forest was the only place the girl had ever known, but she dreamed that one day a rich prince would come to marry her, and she would become a princess. Across the lake and deep in the woods lived a poor young woman and her three woodsman brothers. 
The woman, named Josephine, daydreams about marrying a rich prince and becoming a princess. Unbeknownst to Josephine and her brothers, Josephine's talk of marrying a prince is overheard by a mysterious figure hiding nearby. The next day, Josephine's dream seemingly comes true, as a white and gold carriage arrives at their doorstep. A messenger steps out of the carriage and says that his master wishes to marry Josephine. The brothers are suspicious, and do their best to convince Josephine that she should be wary. Josephine, however, is not dissuaded, and so against her brother's wishes, she agrees to go off in the carriage to meet her new husband at his castle. Hey, wait, Josephine, don't you think you should give this a little more thought? Why, it's my dream! Everything is coming to pass just the way I knew it would. When she does meet him, Josephine is initially startled to find that her husband is an older man with a distinct blue beard. As Bluebeard leads Josephine to the wedding ceremony, she spies a strange doorway at the bottom of a staircase. Josephine is curious about the doorway, but Bluebeard angrily forbids her from seeing what's beyond the door. May I take a peek inside? No! Uh... That room is not important. The preparations have been completed. It is time for us to exchange our marriage vows. Oh, uh... Hmm. Josephine and Bluebeard marry, and the doorway is forgotten about for the time being. Meanwhile, Josephine's brothers are wondering how she is doing, and so they decide to move their work closer to the castle so that they can keep a better eye on her. Back at the castle, Josephine has already settled into life as a princess. While Josephine originally charmed Bluebeard with her good manners and humble naivete, Josephine has let her new title go to her head. Josephine's new haughty attitude visibly displeases Bluebeard. Suddenly, Bluebeard announces that he must go on an important journey, and that he's entrusting Josephine with his keys and the care of the mansion. He tells Josephine that the keys will open every door in the mansion, and she is free to do so, except Josephine must not use the little gold key to open the forbidden door. Can I trust you with this key? Yes, of course, but why can't I use it? Do not pry, Josephine. It is more important that you keep your word. Remember, I forbid you to use this key. Do not forget, Josephine. Bluebeard sets off on his journey, and Josephine begins exploring the mansion. After discovering room after room of various treasures and riches, the forbidden door catches Josephine's eye. Something comes over Josephine, to the point that she can't tell if it's her own curiosity or something about the key itself that draws her to the doorway. As she struggles against the temptation, the key pulls Josephine down the stairs and guides her to unlock the door. Josephine does so, and upon entering the room, she falls and drops the key. When Josephine looks up, she is greeted with the sight of a dozen corpses strung up on the wall, the previous wives of Bluebeard. The room begins to fill with blood, and so Josephine is forced to flee, picking up the golden key and locking the door behind her. Terrified, Josephine sees that the golden key has blood on it, but no matter how much Josephine cleans the key, the blood returns. Soon after, Bluebeard arrives home and knowingly requests his keys back. Josephine hands over the golden key, which once again seeps blood. You have broken your word, Josephine. Now you must pay as did the others for disobeying me. You could have had everything. Now it's too late. You will take your place with my other untrustworthy wives. Oh, no, please, no, no. <laughs> Bluebeard takes up his sword and begins chasing Josephine around the palace. A storm rages outside and lightning strikes the castle. 
Josephine's brothers see the smoke and run to the castle to try and help. They arrive just in time as Bluebeard and the flames have Josephine cornered. The brothers burst into the room and kill Bluebeard with their axes. Josephine and her brothers flee the burning castle. As Josephine and her brothers fled the castle, the fire began to spread everywhere. They watched in silence as Bluebeard and all of his magnificent possessions were consumed by the flames. Josephine's dream was gone, but something far greater had taken its place, her newfound wisdom. For a moment, she had been a princess, but she had forgotten to be caring and trustworthy. The treasures of her dream had vanished, but her new riches of love and trust would last forever. The end. The end. It's spooky. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, this one gets fucking hardcore. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. It's, oh. it's a, like, it's a fast-paced little story, but boy, it's it's a lot, man. Yeah. It's it's fast-paced, but it is well-paced for, for yeah. 22 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I just, I love, I love this adaptation so much this adaptation what makes this adaptation so interesting to me among some other things there's a few things that are really cool about it but i love that bluebeard is this horrible villain who thinks that his actions are justified that yeah even as he's bearing down on his wife with a sword about to fucking kill her he tells her that he's a merciful man and that he'll make her death quick and he even has tears in his eyes yeah, he as he's doing this tears in his eyes as he's like i'm like bro you can choose to not do this <laughs> No, no, no! It's Josephine broke the promise, so therefore he has therefore, to. You know, she has to die. Apparently, yeah, like, yeah. I get that it's, it's it's a shitty thing to be like. I'm testing you to like <laughs> do this. Like, yeah, doing this it's a, it's a fucking shitty thing. Communication is important in a, in a in a relationship, and you should just yeah. tell her. But also. Bro, you, like, don't, why are you, stop killing your wives. You gotta yeah, well, think at a certain point. Yeah. This is your problem. <laughs> I know, but that's Bro. the thing, is that he's fucking murdering people. And he's like, yeah, like, oh, what? You didn't, this is you not know, an like, equivalent thing. No, it's, it's like, because you see, you've, there are stories like this in mythology. Like, I know there's a Greek myth of, I think it's like Eros and his wife or like, Aphrodite's son or Cupid I I forget because of course it's, it's Greek and Roman so there's like five different names yeah. for every person of but course it's there's the myth of like it's a similar thing where like he tells the wife you can't do this and she does and then he you know it breaks up their marriage and he can't live with her but like in that myth it was just like he was hiding the fact that he was like a god or it was something like that sure Again, sure this in this one, Bluebeard is hiding the fact that he's fucking that murdered. He's, he's a, a, a he's murderer. Secret, he's a murderer and he's got a secret murder room filled with he's corpses. He's got his fucking corpse room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, bruh. <laughs> like, I wonder how this started. Yeah, what what room did, uh, did the first wife walk into? Because she couldn't have walked into the murder room. No. Unless, like, unless, like, he, b before he was murdering wives, he was, like, I don't know, murdering, like, 
peasants or so i don't know like what yeah she probably she probably like air quotes betrayed him in some other small way and he had the same reaction that was like well i guess you have to die now i guess the only course of action is to murder you yeah clearly that's yeah jesus christ (laughs) god oh fuck dude and, like, it's not even that he just kills them. He has a room with their corpses on the walls. Like, he has yeah. them, like, strung up along the walls. Like, yeah. Bruh. What the fuck? And they even take the time to draw the wives in various states of decay. Um, yeah. It's It's pretty... And it's, like, pretty detailed. This is that, like... That, like... Yeah, it was just highly detailed for some of, like, those those little shocking moments. It's hard to describe, but it's, like, they draw all those, like, fucking wrinkles and really try and convey to you the fucking decay in in, in some of these wives. Like, yeah. It is, it's I, pretty terrifying to look at. Yeah, it's, it's fucking messed up. Like, this is not... <laughs> yeah. And it's that... It, it's wild. That whole scene, too, it's great when she discovers the room. Because at first, it's this... It, well, it's, it's it's this room with the corpses in it, and there are these white roses. And... Yeah. the There is this thing about this episode where, of course, white is a, a symbol of purity and innocence. And it, this even gets commented on in the episode, because Bluebeard's... Uh, the the dress that he loves seeing Josephine wear, it's this white dress. And he tells her that that's mm-hmm. her, his favorite because of this, this symbology of the innocence. Um, you see, white is the color of purity and complete innocence. It possesses a magical power to detect truth and honesty. Only a lie can stain it. Oh. Uh. Oh. Place the key on my handkerchief. Oh. Oh. Now. <laughs> But so when Josephine discovers the, the previous wives, the roses, the white roses, start to turn red with blood and they start to drip and the blood starts to pool on the floor. And it's yeah. just like, it's, it's an amazing, amazing visceral moment. Yeah. Like it's straight up. It's like, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, oh, that's good. Yeah. Like, they they did not have to go that hard, but they did. And I'm so glad no. for it. Yeah. Like, there's something really just, like, so interesting about this. It's the, in that, like, it's this sort of, like, it's a... Fairy tales don't go this hard anymore. <laughs> No, <laughs> which I mean, are uh, <laughs> which is fine, but like yeah. something about seeing this like really cute art style and it's this really sweet little you know fairy tale thing, and then it takes this turn into like there's a sea of blood and there's decaying corpses on the wall, yeah. and it's like oh, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like the, these terrifying visuals of these like blood roses, and then like. After she, she, because she escapes this, like, 
growing ocean of blood in that room. She picks up the key and she runs off. She runs back up to her bedroom and this key, she like it's a shot of her holding it in her hand and it just starts leaking blood all over yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. And she she keeps cleaning it, but it keeps leaking blood out of the key. And you're like, oh, yeah. And it's just it's Yikes. it is forever tainted. And it's and it's great because I have I have read Bluebeard adaptations where it talks about the key the key gets soiled in this same way that there's blood on the key. And and no matter how much the wife tries to clean it, she can't get the blood off. But to actually see in this adaptation that it's not just that the stain can't be removed it's that she can remove the stain but that blood just keeps seeping out fresh to continually like like a reopened wound that just keeps yeah pumping blood out oh it's it's so fucking good yeah it, there, it is just it's a strong visual yeah i I, I kind of wish that this was a longer episode because I I just I I just I would love just to see more of this and and maybe that would ruin the pacing of it but it's just so effective as like a, a little horror short yeah you know yeah it's great especially after she has seen the room and and the key is stained because. And and we'll have to talk about this later because this is another really fun thing about the 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 episode that I like. But Bluebeard, Bluebeard knows that this has yeah. all happened. There's there's a shot of him as he arrives to the castle, and like his castle outside had a lot of the white roses too, and it's this great shot of him in the rain, and he he's at the outside of the castle, and the roses are turning red as well. So it's it's yeah. like so like all of the white roses around his his palace mansion place are turning red and it's yeah. like well, you cannot hide what you've done yeah from he him. knows he knows he knows like, I think oh boy I, and again we'll we'll get into this a little later but I think he he knew even before he set off on the journey oh, that yeah. this was going to happen but when he when he shows up. And when he goes to Josephine in the room, like, that's such, like, a tense moment. Because mm -hmm. we know that he knows Josephine is desperate to try and hide it. And it's so, like, he's not, like, you know, like, he, he's he's just this Henry VIII-looking motherfucker with a blue beard. <laughs> he just kind of waltzes in the room with, like, a, a like tense but like not like not like overplayed um yeah it's menacing but like not in an overt way it's just a very like yeah it's it's tense where are my keys josephine they are right here waiting for you see very good you may keep them josephine all my treasures are yours if you've kept your word i must examine the golden key give it to me here it is. Yeah, like, at first, like, you almost have the hope that maybe he could be reasoned with. Because he's not, like, he's not right off the bat, like, ready to swing his axe down. Like, he's... Yeah. 
he's quiet he, and that's almost scarier yeah yeah like he oh now again he knows that josephine did this but he is also like just approaching her very quietly and like give me my keys back josephine um and i love again he knows what he's doing because he takes out a handkerchief so that she could put the key on the handkerchief because he knows yeah there is going to be blood on that key yeah and that's so good it's really good it's really effective I love it so much. But it's like, it's almost like, because like he, uh, he does this right after doing this sort of like, because when he first brings her to the castle, she's like chatty and she's very excited and she's very sweet and, and, Mm -hmm. and, and just happy to be there. And then X amount of time passes and she's already turned into like, I have money and now I'm kind of a shithead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just you see him be like, well, time for the wife test. Yeah. <laughs> like, br- it's- br- 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 don't do, th- why? Maybe just, can you talk to her? No. Yeah. Wife test. It's- so I can murder her. It's so, so interesting because yeah, like he sees her, at dinner, like, they, they kind of contrast the two dinners. The first dinner that she had when she came to the castle. And she was, like you said, she was just, like, so happy to be there. She was, like, eagerly, you know, trying all the different food. And she was, like, nice and polite. And then this this the other dinner we see, she's just being, like, a stuck-up bitch. And, like, just kind of being, yeah. like, treating the servants kind of harshly. And yeah. It's so fascinating because, again, we know this man is a fucking murderer. And yet it's like he gets offended that his wife has treated the castle staff poorly. Like, you are a murderer. Like, why are you? Yeah, you are. You are a murderer. (laughs) You are in your It's almost like he's like, I need an excuse to get rid of her now. It's it's sad, but I need a reason to murder her so I can find a a new wife that won't disappoint me. It's like... You are, you are a, you are a monster. Like, you are horrible. What the fuck? That's, it's so, that's so interesting. I, because in, in other adaptations that I have, I mostly read. I haven't seen many filmed adaptations of Bluebeard, I should clarify. So it's just like the various story adaptations of it that I've read over the years. But in those ones... They always treat the act of the wife opening the forbidden door as, like, her curiosity got the better of her. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this adaptation, it's like the key is this cursed tool that Bluebeard uses. Because, yeah, as you said, it's like he's he gets up. And he decides, he announces he's going on this journey. This sudden journey that he probably just made up in his head, then and there. And he gives Josephine the key. And it feels as though he is, again, he's fully aware that before he even gives her this key, she's going to disobey him. And he gets to use that as an excuse to kill her. Yeah. He's like... This this isn't this isn't the sweet charming little little like country girl that I abducted from her family. <laughs> I'm I need to get rid of her. Yeah, it's like he's like it's 
I, I can almost hear like the thought of like, such a shame. Yeah. Yes, I have like, to do this. And yeah. you're like, you don't actually. Yeah, you don't. You really yeah, you, actually you, you... don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, I just, it's so, it's so interesting. Because yeah, like you said, like, he liked her a lot at the start. And it makes you wonder if she never started getting stuck up, would he never have given the key to her to try and tempt her? Or maybe, I like, mean, it, I have a feeling like it's probably one of those situations where something would have happened because a human being isn't perfect. And he, yeah. she would have, like, air quotes, disappointed him in some way. And then, well, as soon as that happens. You gotta yeah. do the wife test. Yeah. And that's <sighs> like, I, I can, even if it wasn't like, oh, she's getting stuck up, she would have done a little something that was not perfect. And he would have been like, well, I guess she's not perfect. Time to mm-hmm. see if I have an excuse to kill her. Yeah. Like, that's sort I... of the vibe that I got from it. Yeah. And again, it's so, it's so interesting because he, again, he, it's, this gives him his guilt-free way to kill the wives. It should not be guilt-free, but in his mind, yeah. he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you it's know, it's wild. All he did was give them the magic key that seemingly compelled them to open the door. That's not his fault. Yeah, even though it it's is not his fault. That's their fault for not, you know, yeah, not being able to resist. Hmm. Go looking in my murder room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If he was just honest about having a murder room, you know. Yeah. Maybe she would have not. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. I yeah. guess you probably wouldn't have come. You know, probably wouldn't have married him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's different times. Different times. Maybe like. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You never know. You can find the lady who's willing to trade that that murder for uh being rich. Yeah, I'm sure there's. I'm sure, I mean, sure there's she's out there. Yeah, it's like I could then be she wouldn't either be perfect and innocent. Then she wouldn't uh, be perfect and innocent. Oh. Couldn't wear the white dress and be and be his perfect innocent little doll. You can't have it both ways, Bluebeard. You ought to fucking <laughs> compromise on some of this shit. God. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No, it's. Uh. I want to, what I want to know is, and I know it's just a product of it being a fairy tale and fairy tales are fairy tales, but like, <laughs> does, does no one know of the man who, who's gotten married 10 times and his wife yeah. keep disappearing? No one? I, Everyone's uh, just kind of chill with that? I forget, because, uh, you know, of course, most adaptations tend to focus on the last wife, um... Yeah. So I forget if there are any versions out there that do acknowledge that, especially because how how we see it portrayed in this version of the story, it's just that like Bluebeard has this random ass castle, um, in in like what seems to be like just the middle of these woods that, even though Josephine and her brothers have lived there all their lives, they don't really seem familiar with Bluebeard. Yeah, they talk about how like. One of the brothers stumbled upon the mansion while he was out getting, like, chopping down trees. And it's like, y'all have been living near near enough to stumble upon it for this long? And yeah. You don't know anything about the... Okay. Yeah. I I know but. that in 
in some adaptations, um, in like the castle doesn't burn down. That mm. Bluebeard, Bluebeard is killed by the brothers, and then the wife inherits um, the castle and all of that. And oh, good for her. Yeah, and she she puts the other the former wives to to rest, and so then at least she like. At least, you know, at least she kind of gets something out of it. Um, the the ending to this episode, admittedly, it's like, I do kind of laugh at it a bit because the narrator comes on and tries to, like, tell us that, oh, well, you know, Josephine learned a lesson about um, not trusting strange men with blue beards and, like, also, I guess, the true love of family or some shit. Pow- the power of, of not being a rich asshole. Yeah, the the end. Uh, <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I kind of laugh at that because it seems like a very like weird way to try and like sneak a moral in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it also it's like it's like trying to give Josephine like, uh, wow, you just went through this horrendous fucking experience and you don't even get to stay in the fucking cool castle. Um, Guess you better get back to that the little house in the woods with your brothers. Yeah, but you know what? At least you you learned a lesson. At least you've learned something. Yeah, and that's I, I... um that <laughs> family is good. Yeah, I guess is the lesson here. Don't trust weirdos who who pay your brothers for you, and then yeah. marry you sight unseen and um have a secret room that yeah is almost certainly full of corpses yeah i it's it's funny that josephine <laughs> ignores so many fucking red flags there's a and lot of red you, flags yeah you still you still feel pretty sympathetic for her but then i guess it's also hard to like not have sympathy for someone who was almost murdered yeah yeah but it is it is funny that yeah this this random ass carriage rolls up, not even like Bluebeard himself doesn't even arrive to ask no. for Josephine's hand. It it's implied that he is like skulking through the woods and like happens to overhear her talking to her brothers and is like hmm yes good uh, an innocent young lady yeah she wants a prince a, a huh? pure and innocent young woman that I can now make my bride. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll pay her brothers and then yeah. take her away. Yeah, which, like, I guess dowries were a thing, sure. But I it guess, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It but is also... very it's very fucking weird just to, like, send your butler to somebody's house with a little bag of gold and be like, hey, I want to marry your- my boss wants to marry your sister? So- Don't- to be fair to the brothers, they are like, hey, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Like, you don't know this guy. We're not taking this gold. You're not taking our sister. You can't just take her away and marry her. That's not cool. But Josephine is like, oh, shit, I've always dreamed about marrying uh, and being a princess. And my prince would come and uh, this is my fucking chance. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, get but out the of brothers here, are brothers. like, um, this is this <laughs> seems like a, this seems suspicious and bad actually. Yeah, but I guess we can't stop you. Yeah, good luck. I, know, I do kind of I love the brothers for that because they aren't like, 
I I mean, in this instance, you kind of you you want them to stop her from going because well, yeah. I mean, we have the power of hindsight, but <laughs> they they let her go and make the decision, even though they strongly advise her against it. And th- at least they they make it. They also make it a point to shift their work to Bluebeard's castle so that they could like just keep an eye on her from yeah from outside. Yeah, they try to at least like make sure she's you know okay yeah even though she's left them all and is off living in this fancy castle yeah and like we'll we'll still keep an eye out for our sister yeah like they weren't even invited to the wedding apparently i mean i guess apparently like she met bluebeard and got married to him within like the fucking hour so that was kind of hilarious yeah yeah it's just well um might as well do it today and she's like i don't know i okay i guess like he seems rich and nice even though he has a weird blue beard yeah which i don't know i th- i think it's very fun just because from from the perspective of being a person who watches anime it's like oh no his beard is blue i'm like you gotta have the blue hair yeah exactly Granted, everyone everyone else in this show this is not a this is not a wacky wild anime hair kind of series i get that but also like <laughs> yeah no it blue. is and it's like it's like a very like deep shade of blue too so in anime yeah. you sometimes you can't like, really see tell that. no it, it it's and some some anime that shade of blue would just be like a visual short just means form black black hair yeah 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 so it really isn't it's not like it's like cyan it's not like yeah sky blue it's just sort of a dark blue yeah all right i can only really see that if the sunlight's on it yeah it is it is funny because like the blue beard really doesn't have anything no (laughs) nothing to do with anything it's just like a weird like quirk they gave him i don't know why yeah just the man has a blue beard not blue hair somewhere yeah. around uh, around the beard to hair <laughs> area it just switches colors which i guess on some people do they do have different color hair and beard yeah. that yeah. is a thing that can happen but it's just it's just just his beard is blue yeah don't worry maybe, about maybe. it it literally has nothing to do with anything else <laughs> Maybe the secret that the first wife discovered was that Bluebeard actually dyes his beard. And she oh, walked shit. in on him when he was doing she, it. She opened the door to his <laughs> to his room while he was dyeing his beard. Yeah, and he was so enraged, he, he had to kill her. Oh, can't believe she betrayed him like that! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can understand that. <laughs> God. Ah. Uh. So good. Oh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think the only the only like thing that like I think about when watching this one is where where the fuck do the servants go? At some point, the servants just kind of become a non-entity in the castle. Yeah, they're there and then they're gone. Yeah, um, did they, they also? They've probably seen this. They've probably seen this play out enough times. That they know not to get Keep... attached, and they they make themselves scarce when they're not needed. Yeah. Keep, keep their heads imagine. down. I, I also wonder, I mean, it's a fairy tale, so it is what it is. I wonder how much of it is that, like, the servants are also part of the, like, how much of this place is, like, fucked up magic? 
Because yeah, it's like, maybe. there's a room full of corpses and then flowers that turn into a sea of blood and the roses yeah. turn red when you've seen, when you've opened the door. And and uh, he says his sword is magic and like will kill in an instant. So it's not, <laughs> it's a painless death when when he kills his wives and like the blood leaks out of the key and there's a lot of like magic nonsense in this so I'm I have to imagine like maybe the servants are magic maybe they, how, do they exist where do they live who yeah. knows we just don't know anything it's all I, like ooh, spooky yeah. magic I will say I I do almost feel like the magic sword thing might have been bullshit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he's, he's like oh don't worry my magic sword will mean you won't feel a thing honey it's like Thanks. well no, i mean <laughs> I, I don't fucking i don't fucking buy there's that a, i i bought it even just all just because there's enough other magic bullshit in this place that i'm like yeah sure magic mm-hmm. sword he he thinks he's doing them a favor by using the magic sword so that it's yeah. instant yeah, yeah. I he's, guess it, he's it'll... being a kind and merciful man by using his mag- the magic blade to, to kill yeah. him. Somebody probably sold him that sword, and it's just a regular ass sword. <laughs> just a regular sword. <laughs> but they told him it was magic. Ugh. And he just doesn't know. <laughs> oh, so man. Good. But I, I really like this story. If you're gonna if you're gonna watch any story. From the uh, the Grimm's Fairy Tales classic series, watch this one because it's it's real good, you guys. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a real good one. But I guess yeah, that'll do it for Bluebeard. Do you want to? Hey, Christy. Yes. For the second half of the episode, do you want to take us on on a journey? Do you want to tell us about the worn out dancing shoes? Well, yes. Let's let's segue into that summary. Here we go. <laughs> here we here we go. Here Take we, us here away, we Christy. Go. Why did I make it so away. awkward? <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> In the dreamlike trance, Princess Genevieve danced all night with a handsome prince. She danced so long that evening that her shoes became tattered and worn. Our story begins with the king discovering that his daughter, Princess Genevieve, has completely worn through her new pair of dancing shoes. Believing that Genevieve snuck out at night without his permission, the king places guards around the castle to prevent her from doing so again. Not only does this fail to stop Genevieve, now her two sisters have joined in on the dancing, wearing through their own pairs of shoes in a single night. The king is furious and questions his daughters, who only tell him that they never left the castle. The king tries locking his daughters in their room at night, only to find that the next morning they have once again worn through their brand new shoes. Fed up, the king puts out a proclamation to the kingdom. I have a message from our beloved king. The royal princesses have a problem which worries the king and he requires everyone's help. I'd be happy to help. Tell us what we can do. Each night the princesses have been sneaking from the castle to go dancing. If any man in the kingdom can manage to find out where exactly the princesses go off to, he can marry the princess of his choice. However, if a man tries for three days and fails, he will be locked in the dungeon as a criminal. For the king has no patience for fools. Now, which one of you brave men shall be the first to volunteer? 
Many men attempt the king's quest, but they all fail, as the princesses are so desperate to continue meeting with their mysterious dancing partners that they drug the men's wine with sleeping potion. And where do you think you're going? Nowhere, good sir. I have come to see if you might like a cup of wine. Ah, thank you, my dear. I'm sure you'll be an honorable husband for one of us. I drink to your good health, kind sir. <laughs> Perhaps you shall be the lucky one. I must be off to bed now. Good night. Good night, my dear. I hope you don't have any trouble staying awake. I never have trouble staying awake. Especially when it's important. <laughs> many weeks pass and many men have tried and failed to uncover the princess's secret. Then one day, a stranger came to the kingdom, a young soldier named Peter. Curious as to the mystery behind the dancing princesses, Peter takes up the king's challenge. That night, Genevieve offers Peter the drugged drink, but Peter suspects the wine has been tampered with, and so only pretends to drink the wine and fall asleep. The princesses take the bait, and so Peter secretly watches as the princesses finally reveal how they have been leaving their room at night. Genevieve uses some magic words to open up a trapdoor in the floor, revealing a stairway leading deep down below the castle. Peter quickly follows the princesses down the staircase and through enchanted forests made of silver, gold, and diamonds. Through each of these forests, Peter takes a few leaves from the trees to act as proof of his adventure to the king. Peter follows the princesses to a shoreline, where they enter three boats guided by three princes. Peter watches as the boats take off, bringing the princesses to a castle across the water. Unable to swim across, Peter likely overhears two nearby men arguing over who gets to take ownership of two magic items, an invisibility cloak, and shoes that take you anywhere you ask. He also hears the two men discuss how after tonight, the princesses will become the prisoners of their princes. Besides, you can have your pick of the princesses' clothes. You know that tonight is the night that they'll become prisoners of their princes. What? Those three won't be needing their pretty dresses and jewels when they're scrubbing the castle floors. <laughs> they're in danger. What can I do? Thinking quickly, Peter manages to outsmart the men and take the magic items for himself, while at the same time revealing that the men were actually monsters in disguise. Peter uses the magic shoes to take him to the castle across the water, and uses the magic cloak to make himself invisible. The cloak also shows Peter that the princes are also monsters in disguise, and that the princesses have been expelled. Peter manages to wake the princesses from their trance, and they now see their mysterious dance partners as horrible monsters. Peter and the princesses flee, using Peter's ingenuity and the magic items to aid their escape from the pursuing monsters. They manage to get back to the castle, where thankfully the light of the new morning causes the trapdoor to disappear forever. Peter reports back his findings to the king, using the silver, gold, and diamond leaves as his proof. Satisfied, the king gives Peter permission to marry one of his daughters, and luckily for Peter, Princess Genevieve has fallen in love with him and happily accepts him as her new husband. The rest of the men are freed from the dungeon, and Peter and Genevieve are happily married. And so Peter and Genevieve were married in the most beautiful wedding the kingdom had ever known. The marriage became a long and happy one, full of joy, laughter, and of course, dancing. The end. The end. <laughs> I like. I like this little story. It's very cute. Yeah, I like this one too. I, I have some fondness for the twelve dancing princesses story um, because. 
back in university as part of my my portfolio project i did like a i i my studies i was mostly i was thinking i was going to get into the animation industry as a character designer at least that was my hope and so for my portfolio project I decided I wanted to design an adaptation of the 12 Dancing Princesses. And and it was mostly ah. I wanted to challenge myself because there you know it's this fairy tale with 12 princess characters. How mm-hmm. how do you make 12 characters who are supposed to be sisters you know how do you make them look unique? but also make them look like a family and and how do you give each of the princesses their own you know unique flair or vibe to them yeah so yeah i i read a lot of adaptations of this story and it's still um i still have the designs i don't think i'll share them on twitter just because i i don't Aww. know i just don't want, <laughs> i just feel like weird that's, sharing no them. that's fair that's fair they're like they're like 12 years old at this point? Actually, fuck. I think Sometimes so, sharing old art is <laughs> a personal endeavor. I understand. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I still, I like the ideas I, I came up with. I don't know if I like the execution anymore, I think is the main yeah, thing. Yeah, that's I, fair. I'm still, my designs for the eldest princess and the old soldier in the story, I still have some fondness for. So maybe we'll see if I feel inclined to share those. But, but yeah, I like this adaptation. So I was I was very curious to see how this series would, yeah, show depict the princesses. Um, yeah, with because like i i am mostly familiar with uh the 12 dancing princesses from i had a book when i was little this really beautifully uh illustrated like double storybook like double fairy tale kind of thing um and it's actually kind of weird to think about it now because it was like it was a combo book of the the original like hans christian anderson little mermaid and then the 12 dancing princesses which is not uh, hans christian anderson story <laughs> but um it was like it was the, the the like the version of the little mermaid that it was i i probably mentioned it on the uh i think the toei or the the anime version of the little mermaid that we talked looked at before but mm-hmm. it was it was a closer version to like to the original story where she doesn't she doesn't end up with the prince and she dies and becomes sea foam at the end. Um, and then it was the, the other half was the 12 dancing princesses. So that was where like the, the, my knowledge of this story came from. Yeah. Um, I do not have the, <laughs> I did not read a bunch of versions as you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, do you remember how your version ended? Because there are, there's quite I a don't. few variations. I... I I remember the soldier ending up with the eldest princess. Okay. But I don't recall like why what happened in between all the princesses sneaking out and him saving them. Like I don't quite recall because I think I read the Little Mermaid more than I read the <laughs> half yeah. than I more than I read the the Twelve Dancing Princesses half. Yeah. Um, part of what I found interesting about the original, so, like, the adaptations that I read, and, and this is why, like, I, 
I say, like, I read so many of them because I, <laughs> I don't know why this shit is so interesting to me. And this is partly why I run this podcast is that while, <laughs> Brie, while Brie is driven nuts by the fact that every November we look at every, like, all these fucking variations <laughs> of the Nutcracker story. <laughs> I find that so interesting. I find it so intriguing what somebody you know, when somebody looks at a story and they decide to adapt it, what stuff they change or what stuff they drop. And and with the 12 Dancing Princesses story, there are some variations where at the end, the, the soldier does not pick any of the princesses because as, as we kind of see in this adaptation... Sometimes the princesses are fucking assholes, and <laughs> and and this soldier is like, I don't want to marry any of you bitches. Um, just uh, glad y'all aren't dead, I guess, or whatever. I'm fucking out of here. Bye. Yeah, yeah. like it's <laughs> it it de- again. It depends on the adaptation, but in some adaptations, the princesses are in leagues with the princes that they go off to oh. meet. Not not all of the adaptations had like actually I don't think I recall any of the adaptations that I read at least had it where the princes were evil demons that were trying to like kidnap the princes they were just like oh they were some, just like, like guys yeah like some vaguely like ill defined are they magic are they you know what are they like fey creatures what are oh, what like are these fey folks stealing them away kind of thing uh. yeah yeah because well there there's always like this element of like there are the the enchanted forests that they go through and and right it's like the the tunnel that opens up under the castle that there's like this kind of magical vibe to it but like yeah. nobody it's never like super acknowledged what the heck is going on. So yeah, so like sometimes the princesses are knowingly meeting up with these um, with these princes, and in in oh. a lot of the adaptations too, when the king says, "If you fail to figure out this, my daughter's secret, you'll be thrown in the dungeon." In a lot of other adaptations, it's that I will fucking kill you if you do oh not God. figure this out. So it makes Jesus. it it makes it that much the worse. The stakes are because, a little higher. <laughs> yeah, the stakes are high, and it also means that the princesses are knowingly oh. sending men to their death by yeah. con- continuing to drug them and go sneak off to go dance Jesus. there all night. Yeah. That's that's messed up. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah, so it's in my yeah. in the adaptation that I designed for my university class, I had it where the princesses were just full on evil. Um <laughs> because oh. it was just like a fun thing to make them just like these evil bitches and <laughs> and, and I, I just so I I might be I might be a little biased when watching yeah, this fair. particular adaptation, <laughs> but yeah, these princesses they suck. <laughs> yeah, they they suck, and I feel bad for Peter at the end because I don't think he should have married any of those ladies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, at least here they're not. They're not dying. They're just sort yeah. of getting tossed in the dungeon. It still sucks, but like, uh, yeah. 
I like to hope that these these ladies would be like, oh, fuck, they're dying. We should probably, like, cut that shit out. I Yeah, but I don't know, because, like, yeah. effectively, because when the king says, I will send you, you know, you will be thrown in prison, it's not like he's saying, I'll throw you in prison for, like, the weekend. It's just, I will throw yeah, you in prison. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, so... yeah, you, good point. Yeah. Um, and... I do really, I do really like the bit at the end where the king is so pleased that that Peter solved the mystery that he's like, and I'll even, I'll, I'll let the other men go free, and it's like, oh, how gracious of you, sir! How kind of you! You're not just gonna oh. let them like stay in the dungeon. Yeah, how, how good of you! And it's wow. just like the implication that that. He was just in that good of a mood, so he just decided to throw it in, like, you know, it was, like, an extra little, like, a coupon. As a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, otherwise, like, he was just gonna let them fucking rot. Like, that's great. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's very funny. It's so good. At least, like, I I will give at least the, the princesses credit for this one. For, like, in this... It's originally it's Genevieve and she's like going out to do this dancing thing and then her sisters ask to come with her and she's like I uh, I don't know if you know what you're asking for but okay Mm -hmm. like you probably could have been a little bit clearer she's a little hesitant though and then like it is very heavily implied at least in this adaptation that they are they are straight up being ensorcelled they are under a spell when they (laughs) go. Is ensorcelled a real word, or did you just decide yeah. to be fun? Is it really? No, you you can be ensorcelled. Ensorcelled? E-N-sorcelled. What the fuck? <laughs> That's E-N-S-O-R-S-O-R-C-E-L-L. Oh. You can, it, it's enchanted. That's, well, yeah, that's, like, I've always heard, like, enchanted, bewitched, uh, like, and spelled, no, but yeah. not ensorcelled. Ensorcelled. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's oh. a good word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this, it's, it's very clearly, like, they are being, uh, uh, placed under a spell. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, like... I can, like, and and essentially, they're doing this, they're probably, like, enspelled, they're, they're under this enchantment, they're going to this place, they think they're dancing with some hot, hot dudes, mm-hmm. and then their dad is like, I'm gonna lock you up so you don't go dancing, I'm gonna, like, you're forbidden to do this, and then I'm gonna promise your hand to whatever schmuck can figure out where you're yeah. going, and they're like, we are... Like, this, that sucks. This sucks, actually. We're just gonna go keep dancing. Um, and yeah, it's dumb. It's not a great idea. But, like, eh, you know. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I... by the time, when, when Peter, like, breaks the spell and they're running away, Je- Genevieve is at least, like, oh, my God, this is all my fault. I can't believe I've done this. Like, this is, like... Oh my god, like she's remorseful for what yeah. she's done. She's like, I didn't realize that I was putting like myself and my sisters in danger. I thought I was just going and having a nice time 
with mm-hmm. like some some cool magic princes. Yeah. So I, like, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, like, I guess I just kind of wish it's that... at least fine in this yeah. one, and it's not like they're evil and and like doing this even though people are dying. Yeah, she just thinks she's she's having a wonderful time with her with her fairy tale prince underneath the castle. Yeah, because a spell has been cast on her. <laughs> yeah, I guess I I wish that they had maybe I and and maybe this was the intention or not. I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, like if they are meant to be inspelled, even when they are back at the castle um because hmm. that would that would make a lot more sense if like they aren't acting like how they normally would because the spell is making it's like well it's kind of like the key in the bluebeard story like it's compelling them yeah. to keep returning and they do maybe they it maybe it makes them act out of character because they are they need like their fix of going back to the the weird <laughs> well yeah powerful. yeah they 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 cannot help but return yeah. Kind of thing. I I think it's um because in this in this when they're dancing with the the monster princes, they they get that like I don't know how to describe it, but they animate their it's, they it's change the their anime. expression. <laughs> it's the anime blank eyes where they erase all of the like shinies from within the eyes. Yeah. So yeah. you can tell that they're under a spell. Yeah. And and I guess I maybe wish that it wasn't just when they were dancing with the princes. Like, maybe, like, it would be kind of creepy, actually, if you saw, like, when you first see Genevieve, that she has the blank eyes, and then her sisters oh. are like... Because her sisters catch her and insist on being let in on the secret of where she's going. So you could see... Yeah. You would be able to see the transition of her sisters with, like, their normal selves and their expressionful eyes and then cut to yeah. the next day where they're all like all three are like blank faced and zoned out yeah yeah that'd, that'd be, be spooky kind of... it'd be really yeah. good yeah spookier haha yeah yeah that... would... alas 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 and alack alack so I a fun thing about the the magic cloak that Peter used. Um, so that is like something that I I don't know if it's in all of the adaptations, but in in like most of the ones that I've seen, he has a like the, the magic cloak that makes him invisible. Mm-hmm. But he usually has it before he gets to the castle. Like it's usually something. Oh, like, he just already has that. Yeah, it, it, it's something like he meets an old woman in the woods and she is able to, like, she could see the future and gives him the oh. cloak and then also gives him a warning about the king's daughters and to not, um, like, drink or eat anything they give him. Uh, oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Vaguely, maybe from I, the, the, the version that I read. And I think that would kind of work out better because the the whole little um, scene with like the two dudes fighting over the magic boots and the magic cloak mm-hmm. it just doesn't really feel necessary. No, not really. But I do like I do love that scene, if only because he's like he's like okay, I have an idea, fellas. 
Each of you take 25 paces away in opposite directions, and then you got to race towards the boots and cloak. And then whoever gets there first gets their pick of the of which one. And then mm-hmm. so they both turn around and start walking away. And he's like, all right, I'm a grab. When when they do this, I'm a grab the, the coats and boot and just fucking take them, take them away. <laughs> but instead of instead of as they're both walking away, like they have they both have their backs turned to him. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. order to like to take their paces away and begin the, the race. He waits until they're both facing him and running towards him again to grab the boots and cloak. <laughs> it's like, bro, you had all this time. Yeah, yeah, it's great. He's just a little cocky, little <laughs> shit that Peter. Just wanted to show he off, really I is. think. I uh, guess. It's very funny. I I do kind of laugh that they, the, the, to point out the magic boots that they they take you anywhere you ask them to. They had to put that into that adaptation because normally if Peter already had the cloak from the beginning, what he, what the old soldier character does in the story is that he's just invisible. So he could just hop in the boat with the princesses and just like tag along with them. But in changing this and putting those two goons that he has to outsmart, they had to give him a way to get across the river. And so they're like, I guess there's just magic (laughs) boots now too. I, I kind of love the magic boots. They're great. <laughs> you have to tell them where you want to go, but you have to do it in rhyme. Yeah. That's great. I, which, like, Peter <laughs> knows inherently somehow. Like, yeah, sure. Like, nobody, nobody like, specified, like, oh, you gotta use rhyme or it won't work. They just, you know, it's, they're, they're magic. Who knows? Yeah. I guess, and I, I don't quite know how... The, like, the magic boots, like, kind of confuse me a bit because we see Peter use them to, like, it almost seems like he teleports across the river, but he is also invisible while this happens, so maybe it's not teleportation and the boots fly him over. Um, They're just, yeah, no, they fly him over real fast because you see him okay. flying around after. He's flying well, around when he's, like, carrying the princesses. He, like, grabs all three of them at once. Somehow. And the boots are like, all right, let's go. Yeah, and they just kind of, like, slowly hover. Because the boots are, like, weighed down. So they might be magic, but they yeah. are weighed down by all these princesses. <laughs> That's kind of great. There's, there is an upper weight limit to these boots. Yeah. It is it is enough to do four people, but it's, yeah. you know, there there is a limit. I, I do love that Peter turning invisible is another way that they were able to save on the animation for the story. Like, Oh, it, it's great. It, in this case, it is built into the story, so it's not like them re- reducing the number of princesses where that was, like, a departure <laughs> from the original. Yeah. But it is really just funny just to, like, yeah, you just, you see his disembodied voice and he's just carrying a sword around at one point. She's like, the, the sisters are like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's just some Did you invisible guys, something force. grabbed me. Yeah. What was that? It's just Peter. Don't worry about it. I wish that we knew how he picked up all three princesses at once because I I was having a hard time picturing it. I think they're like one on each shoulder, and then he grabs Jean Vene- Jean Why can't Genevieve. I say her name? Jean Vieve. Genevieve. Jean Vieve. <laughs> Jean Vieve. Jean uh, Genevieve. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like he grabs her like under the arms. Yeah. 
I was picturing but him I having. Know. I was picturing him having a princess under each arm, and then like he grabs Genevieve like around the waist with his legs, like. like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would work too. I just, I just wish that we could have seen. I just, I, it's a mystery that we'll never get the answer to. <laughs> Man, how hard are these ladies dancing to wear out pairs of shoes in a single night? Yeah. They just seem like they're doing, like, the ballroom dance around the room. Maybe they just have really shit, shittily made <laughs> shoes. Maybe, yeah. Damn. Because, like, these things are tattered to shreds by the time they come home, but man. Their dad was cheaping out and just not telling them. <laughs> they're made of paper. But- that also would have been something that, like, if if you were going to make this story a bit spookier, if they were entranced, then that's, like, a good way to... And, like, they kind of do it because they mention how the princesses are exhausted. But they're just, like... I don't know, I think there's a way to make that spookier, where it's not just, like, they're, like, uh, like kind of, like, sleepy at breakfast time. But where they are, like, physically, like, I my body is breaking down because I'm being forced yeah. to dance for fucking hours and hours each night. But I am also in, I know, I am in, ensorcelled? Yes. Ensorcelled. I am ensorcelled, and I cannot stop myself from <laughs> dancing, so I'm just going to die until I, or dance until I die. It's like those people who danced until <laughs> they died in France. <laughs> Oh, God, what did the professor say in response? What was his, like, yeah, no shit? What did he he say to Ryan? It was so good. It was like, you're only just catching on. Then Ryan just goes, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If y'all haven't, here's a, here's a, uh, if we haven't mentioned it before, we're big The Watcher fans on YouTube. If you haven't watched Puppet History, do it, do it. It's incredible. It's, it's great. (laughs) Uh, uh. (laughs) yes but yeah like it could be made a lot more horrifying if it's Mm -hmm. like if it is a thing that is like they they cannot they cannot help but do this even though it is it is killing them and and i think if you're going to go so far as to make the princess the princess I uh, gotta enunciate because there's princesses and princes in this same story. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but if if you were gonna make the princes um, spooky demons, then I think it would have been yeah. kind of fun to like foreshadow that a bit with other spookiness because up until yeah. up until those two goons get turned into monsters, it just seems like this could be just like a magical world where like magic princes live. Well, the, I think the only. And we didn't talk about it in Bluebeard, too, but both of these uh, uh, episodes have had, like, there's, like, a really brief opening shot, sort of in, like, a like mm-hmm. a blue tint. Like, everything is sort of shades of blue. In Bluebeard, it's, I, I assume, like, the his last wife, like, running up the stairs from the Forbidden Room and him coming after yeah. her, in like, in silhouette behind her, saying, you've broken your promise. And mm-hmm. then it cuts to, like... The rest of the story. This one is the eldest sister, and she's dancing with a like with the prince, and he turns around and his eyes are glowing red. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. there's a hint for you. Probably they are evil <laughs> and bad. Yeah, that's true. It just it could have been spookier. 
But it could have been spookier. I agree. Mm-hmm. I did really like how the all of the monster designs, if you somehow couldn't recognize this as a very anime-looking <laughs> cartoon, the monster designs should tip you off because they yeah. are, they, there's just like, it's, it is hard to explain, but they just look like they would have walked right out of Power Rangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have that, they have that Power Rangers look to them. Which yeah. I kind of, I love it. Yeah. It's so just like, <laughs> that's exactly the style. It It is kind of hilarious because I, I think Western demons, I, I don't know, like they would just, there's just like a look and you don't really think of it until you see somebody else's, some other culture's interpretation of what like demons and monsters look like. Yeah. <laughs> One of these guys looks like a gargoyle from Gargoyles. Yeah. And one, one kind of looks like a kappa. Yeah, he's got like a kappa with a with the three eyes kind of look to him. Yeah, and like the little like the water dish on his head. Yeah, it, it, the designs are great. Oh, what else? Oh, um, what else? I don't get why they. So, this is something that they brought over from the original at the stories is that the soldier has a war injury. Oh, yeah. So Peter... <laughs> and it, does, it doesn't come up at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it makes me wonder why they bothered. Like, Peter is drawn with a bandage on one of his arms, but, like, you see him fighting the the monsters and, and doing, like, these acrobatic feats, and, yeah, he's able to, f- yeah. to carry the princesses no problem. Um, yeah. But so it's like, why it, do they like, bother? It could have come up as a thing to like <laughs> yeah. present an, an issue for him fighting them off or or carrying them to safety or something. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's something. And again, I, I'm biased because I in my imagined adaptation of this story, <laughs> the old soldier having a war wound in my version, it was a leg injury. So he he walked with a limp. Ah. And he, he could only like walk so fast it was a way to make the princesses and i guess just the situation itself a bit more perilous for the soldier because he is injured Mm -hmm. and you know maybe these like these princesses could probably kick his ass or so you know yeah yeah like that he couldn't if they like booked it or or if they came after him he he is at a disadvantage due to his injury yeah, even though he is an old uh, soldier, he still could be physically outmatched by, yeah, these 12 princesses. Yeah. So it, it was, it would be, again, it would be something that they could have done, they could have used to make this story a bit spookier. This is, and this is, this is funny how this episode, it started off with, like, us examining, like, a real cool spooky Halloween vibe story yeah and and the second one is us criticizing how this one is like not spooky enough (laughs) not spooky enough good but it ain't spooky enough yeah which i really enjoyed it yeah but it could have been spookier yeah demons aside Mm mm-hmm as an aside i would not be able to sleep in that fucking room again if no if 
<laughs> if you knew there was an, a, a portal to, to the demon realm under your floorboards, yeah, that yeah. would make it a little difficult. Yeah, because, like, yeah, they make a big thing about how the morning light seems to, like, seal the trapdoor away and all, but, like... Well, the, the trapdoor only got there and t- when she said the magic words. Yeah. So maybe if you just never said the magic words again, you're fine. They can't get up there. But that's not, it's I don't think that, that's up. enough, that's enough, not enough assurances for me. It's like, I need, I need proof <laughs> somehow that like no servant with a vendetta against me is going to tap their foot and say the magic words and oh, then the God. door opens up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I guess on the note of like, stuff that would ruin me in this um in this uh-huh when they have to flee at the end they are literally oh god the staircase <laughs> they have to run up this big fucking staircase i would my fucking heart would explode oh, yeah no i like i was looking at those stairs and i'm like i am doomed i've died yeah you better I'm... pick me up with those fucking magic shoes because i ain't getting up there yeah no seriously. goddamn way <laughs> Peter, help me There's... up these fucking stairs. <laughs> there is a beach here that I have only been to once. I went to it uh, for for a thing this this summer. It's called mm. Wreck Beach. It is technically the nude beach, but to get down there, Ooh. to you have to go down a huge. It's clothing optional. Okay, my friend was having uh, their birthday party there, so <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'll go there." But there is to get down there, you have to go down. <laughs> And they have to get down there. It's a huge, huge set of stairs. Um, and mm-hmm. so going down, it was like, okay, my legs are a little tired. And then at the end of the the day, when everyone has to leave, I was like, I'm about to die. <laughs> I'm going to have to sleep on this beach. It's, you have to go up this, like, huge, huge staircase to get back up to, like, this cliff, the, the top of this cliff, essentially. And I... Yeah. Almost passed out several oh, times. God. Oh no! Thankfully, the friends who are with me were like, "Just take it at your pace. We'll tell, like we can pause whenever you need to." There and there was a lot of other people on those stairs who were taking taking breaks. Okay, oh boy! Good. Oh, it's a lot of stairs. And the next yeah. day, I woke up and I was like, "I can't. My legs are dead. I have. I am also dead. We have yeah. deceased." But oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking at this staircase in the in this, I was like, "Nope, nope, can't do it." You just, I would just die. Just leave me there, I guess. Yeah, my my university had a big giant staircase, and you you know, as as it would usually happen, it's like you go from one class to the other, and you got to traverse the like four or five floors up the giant staircase, and there were elevators, but because everybody else is, is also trying to get to their class. Oh. You know that by the time the elevator comes and oh. I ride the elevator, I might as well walk up the stairs. Oh, but so then, yeah, same thing. It's that like you are just fucking huffing and puffing up those stairs. And it's just it's just the most miserable experience. And I was out of shape then. <laughs> and I can only imagine I would be even more out of shape now. So yeah, I would, <laughs> I would have to bring a tent and set up camp on one of the floors and just resolve yeah. to just spend the night until I could I could regain my strength. People people passing by like are, are you good? You're like, yeah, I just live here. Don't worry about it. This, oh, yeah, this and, is where I live yeah, right now. 
you gotta you gotta make sure to add in some pauses for for my struggled breathing in there. Like just, just yeah, just got take a break. Yeah, that would yeah yeah no yeah. fuck. I need to yeah, I need to yeah. work out before I die. <laughs> oh, maybe later. Maybe after I eat eat more chicken fingers. You gotta get powerful. Eat those, ch- eat those chicky fingers. Yeah, my problem is that I'm I'm trying to like get those gains, um, but like all I can do oh, is yeah. just I just keep eating the protein and then forgetting <laughs> to do the other steps. <laughs> the actual exercise. <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel like I'm missing a step. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep I just keep remaining in a state of perpetual out of shape. Uh. <laughs> Maybe, Gotta start maybe lifting, Christy. Yeah, I should. I, I honestly should. So I don't get so fucking winded going upstairs. <laughs> but I I also don't... I don't have stairs in my home because it's all one floor. And so yeah. I... The weird thing is that when I go up or down stairs now, I feel like I'm out of practice. So that would be the other thing. In my fleeing from the <laughs> demon princes, I... I, Because I have to think sometimes when I'm going upstairs now, because it's not like a natural muscle memory thing anymore. It's like, an, yeah, oh, like how, how do these work again? How do I do this? Oh, oh, oh how is this? Ri- oh, I gotta get this rhythm going. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find the right rhythm. Yeah. There's there's no, because there is like a rhythm to it. And I no, there is. So often. Oh. Uh, you know what I hate? Tripping up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. When you're going upstairs and you fucking trip on a step and you yeah. fucking... I slammed my... I, there, I used to have to go up a set of, like, concrete stairs to get up to the Sky Train every day on the way to work. And there was mm-hmm. one day when I when I tripped up the stairs and landed hard on both knees. Oh, and they have no. never been the same. Oh, no. I have... They are, they are fucked. <laughs> so now every it's time you go up stairs. those same stairs, you think about that's the step that ruined I my genuinely do. Like I, <laughs> I don't have to go up them often anymore because I, I moved a couple years back. But like I yeah. was there a few weeks ago just for doing something else. And I got to those stairs. I'm like, you. Yeah, you fuckers. I remember you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I... I do that too, or like if you're if you're walking to work and you slip on, you know, during the winter you slip on a patch of ice or something, oh. and then it's like, it's like you re- you're resentful of that spot. Yeah, and I always wonder if that's like maybe that's how some of these places like get haunted. Is oh yeah, is it's not because like something tragic happened. It's just that you held a grudge against that one curb because you fucking yeah you hold the resentment. Yeah. I once I once rolled my fucking ankle as I stepped oh. off my my front porch and I rolled my ankle so hard that I forgot how to drive for a bit. Um, oh no. 
because I went to go. I went. I was going to get groceries, so I went to go. Um, I like went and I hobbled over to go sit in the driver's seat, and then I had to sit there for like ten to fifteen minutes because my ankle hurt so much that I was just like oh. the muscle memory of how to drive completely left me, and so I was like, oh I don't know God. where which one is gas, which one is park. I got. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna stay here until I remember. Oh my God. And now every time, every time I go out my my front step, I I look at the spot that I fucking rolled my ankle, and then I think you're not getting me today, not today, <laughs> not this time, Satan, not this time, this single fucking step onto a slightly, <laughs> slightly unlevel bit of sidewalk. Yeah, no, not today, not today. Fool me once. <laughs> God, yep. Uh, that do be how it is, though. That do be how it is. Sometimes uh, you might not think it be like it is, but it do. It do. It do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is there anything else to say about the worn-out dancing shoes? Uh, I don't think so. This was, like... Both of these were great little watches. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed looking at both of these. Yeah, I did too. I really, I haven't seen all of the the Grimm's uh, fairy tale classic series, but every one that I've watched, I have enjoyed in some form or another. So I'm glad that yeah. this this episode worked out because now we yeah. get we have the excuse to talk about more of these. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it because yeah, this was great. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess look forward to that sometime in the future, folks. Um, Heck yeah. But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, so yeah, thanks for tuning in to our best attempt to celebrate Halloween. <laughs> Just kind of do some kind of spooky Halloween. Spooky. Ooh. Ooh. If anybody has some actual fucking Halloween-related princess movies. Oh, God. <laughs> trying to do the spirit Halloween, like, those, like, spooky things oh. you put in your yard, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one day, one day if I ever get a yard, I want to oh. do, I want to be that bitch, I want to be that bitch with the big Halloween shit. Yeah. One day. But, uh, yeah, if, if anybody has any, any recommendations for... <laughs> either Halloween-related movies or if there are episodes of TV shows that deal with princesses that you think might be good for this format where, I, like, ideally if we could watch, like, two episodes at once so that yeah. we could have enough to talk about. I don't know how many yeah. series that would be applicable for, but... I don't know, but there must be some. Yeah, hopefully. Otherwise, it just might be a short-ass episode <laughs> if we have nothing <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> ah. but yeah thanks for tuning in everyone um if you want to see oh i guess i don't know if i'm gonna have clips from this movie but i will definitely post a link to the youtube videos that we watched on our twitter if you want to check those out you could find that at bad princess mov uh and if you want to uh, send us an email. Uh, feel free to do that at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. And if you want to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, you could do that at badprincessmovies.com. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a have a spooky, scary Halloween. Spooky scary skeletons. See you next time where we I I imagine it's time for Nutcracker November. It is Nutcracker November time. You cannot escape. Um I cannot escape. And and we we will see. We are yes, so the next episode will be a Nutcracker one and then hopefully after that we will be <gasps> we be watching Swan Princess 12 unless it's there time. is unless further delay another, another delay. I was thinking about that this morning, <laughs> and who knows? This might just be Richard Rich gets the last laugh on me. Oh, so we and shall one final, one final <laughs> jab. <laughs> yeah, just to fucking twist the the, the swan shaped knife even further into the height. <laughs> I wonder if there's <gasps> this. I wonder they have so much shit in their uh in their like. Swan Princess store. I, I, what if they had like a utility tool, like a Swiss Army knife, but it's just engraved <laughs> with the swan? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like googling it. I'm not seeing an official one, sadly. But, <laughs> but if I wanted to, yeah, I could get a, a, a knife, a swan themed knife. So there is that. Oh, wow. So <laughs> amazing. I'm sure it's probably I'll 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 email the Swan Princess folks. Maybe they could get something yeah, just, official hey, going. I have a I have an idea for you. Yeah. One final idea. This is my idea. <laughs> this isn't my idea. Oh fun. One day we'll get to the first one. One day. One day. Yeah, we do have we do we talk about this as though it's the last one we're watching on the podcast. We do have one, two, three left. Yeah. That we do have to look at at some point. It's funny how it kind of worked out that way that we, like, it was completely just because I wanted to skip to the CGI movies. But (laughs) because we saved the the traditionally animated, the original movie and the two animated, traditionally animated sequels, we do have, like, a Swan Princess grieving period that we could use (laughs) this to cope. (laughs) Oh, tragic. Oh, I can't, I can't believe it's almost, it's almost time. We're almost there. It's almost time (gasps) to say goodbye. To say goodbye. And we should probably say goodbye or we'll just keep talking about We should say goodbye. Swan Princess. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for listening. Spooktacular swan sale. Enjoy 20% off savings. Soar wide. Free shipping (laughs) to the U.S. Use code SPOOKY20 at checkout sale. Oh, spooktacular. It's a spooktacular swan sale. Oh, my God. Uh, Have a good good one, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.